This is Olympic champion Scott Hamilton. Yes, the real Scott Hamilton. And you're listening to the other Scott Hamilton show where you should be entertained, informed, and maybe even amused. Just don't expect any backflips. I mean, have you seen him skate? South Carolina preparing for Arkansas. Going to take another look back at the win over Georgia State. Here, here's the number I found troubling, and I'm not being a Debbie Downer, but three of 14 on third down. That's tough. They were able to convert a couple of fourth downs, but you don't want to put yourself in that situation. Only 79 yards rushing on 32 carries, two and a half yard a carry. That's not good. Three sacks, that's not good. Offensive line's going to have to get it together this week. But I, I saw offensive line play that was shaky throughout college football, and I, I don't know if it was just me or if it's a trend or what, but I want to discuss it with our guest. He is an analyst for ESPN and the SEC Network. It's our friend Cole Kublet. Cole, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Scott. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you coming on, brother. I, I, Cole, I, I know you purvey 100 billion games over the weekend. You're a busy dude. Am I wrong in saying that it seemed to me that some schools that I expect to be good on the offensive line looked a little shaky? Yeah, I think it's fair. Um, but I think you could also say on the reverse side of that that there are some schools that I didn't really expect to be very good on the offensive line that, that overachieved. I thought Florida looked very different from what they've looked in the last few years. I thought Southern Cal's offensive line looked pretty good. You know, you're talking about the South Carolina game. I give Georgia State's group a lot of credit. I mean, they played their rear ends off. You know, that's a group that really gets after you. You can tell that there's an offensive line, former offensive line coach that's the head coach for that football team in Sean Elliott. So, um, yeah, there's a couple that underperformed. And it's a position that's just, it's not able to be, it's not able to be developed the way that it once was because you're just not getting as many full-speed reps in practice. I've talked to many coaches about this numerous times. And the only way to be a great offensive lineman or defensive lineman is to do it full speed against people that are trying to make you look bad. That's it. It's the only way. We can go work. You know, we can go. I can take you out, and we can run through the shoots and do T-board right, T-board left, work on your kick steps, work on your punts, do all the different things. It's not going to make you a good offensive lineman. You've you got to go out and block people and block people going full speed. It's the only way. And we have limited that to the point that it's just you, you're going to take you a couple games to get back acclimated. It's just the reality of where we are. Cole, Cole, I'm wondering this, and you're exactly the perfect guy to to hopefully help me answer this question, but, but the roster is the roster at this point. There's no guy who's going to parachute in from the transfer portal. Who you have is who you have, and this is how you're going to have, have to play out the schedule. You have an offensive line, and we're going to use South Carolina as an example. Experienced bunch of guys, they're back. Uh, shaky last year, didn't look great on Saturday. And to your point, Georgia State does a good job of pressuring but what can be done schematically to maybe not necessarily even make those guys succeed, but to help put them in the best position to be efficient? What can what can be done to do the best with what they have? I think a lot of things can be done. You look at the strength of your group first and foremost. Um, you know, if you're having trouble getting a push, you know, maybe going more flat zone type stuff, outside zone stretch play stuff would be a little bit better. Not as much inside zone. If you have guys that are athletic, can move, can get out on the perimeter, go more gap ski, you know, go more power, counter, truck, things of that nature. Um, in protection, if you're struggling, you can always slide your protection, three-quarter slide, half slide. I mean, there are a lot of different ways to do that. Back tight ends can stay in and assist and help out a little bit. So there are a lot of different things that you can do. I think 
you know, game planning to find different ways to sort of, you know, loosen up a defense as well. Get them running out to the perimeter. Um, you know, whether that's a quick toss to the outside or hit a running back out in the flat or quick throws on the perimeter. Make that group run sideline to sideline, try to kind of wear them down a little bit early. I think those are things that are always possible uh, that you could potentially do. So uh, there, there are ways to help out both, both of what kind of plays you call and what kind of blocking schemes that you utilize. And, and Cole, I'm presuming that you had an t- opportunity to break down the tape from the South Carolina game. I, I'm wondering this, uh, given the problems that the offensive line had, specifically the sacks, how much of that could be laid at the feet of Spencer Rattler, maybe noticing the rush a little early, escaping the pocket a little bit too soon? Yeah, I mean, uh, listen, you got to get comfortable with your guys, and you're going to have to be out in game situations, liable to be able to do that. So, you know, he and this group of receivers, they haven't been any games together. This offensive line, and he hasn't been games together. And I know you get fall practice and whatnot, but still, I, mean, I always hated the first game. I really did. I was excited to get out there and play and excited to get out there and do it, but it's just first thing is you're four or five plays in and you just feel gassed. Like you, you're, you're just exhausted. And then you're sitting there thinking, man, I've been running these 300-yard shuttles in the middle of the day in Auburn, Alabama, the heat and humidity. Like, how am I tired right now? That adrenaline is just different. And it takes a couple times for your body to get acclimated to it and get used to it each and every year. I mean, that happened to me every year. So, you know, other guys just timing and, and ball placement, you know, that stuff will come. You're a little, you're a little amped up. You're a little excited. You find different ways to calm yourself down. Uh, you know, the coaches can find different plays, different throws to calm him down. I think it'll all come in time. And, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a George. I, I warned people before this game. I was like, listen, Georgia State won eight games for the first time in the history of their program last year. They took Auburn to the brink. They've had some power five wins for the last few years. That thing, they are a tough physical team. You have a starting quarterback, starting tailback. Most of the front seven was back. Most of the O-line was back. And those guys get after it. And I tried to warn people, like, this will not be an easy game for South Carolina. And if they only win it by 10 or 14, people shouldn't immediately hit the panic button. Because that's a pretty good football team. You know, it's, it's also the same thing with Alabama. Everybody wants to dismiss that win and just say, well, they did what they're supposed to do. I just seen them won 11 games last year. So, you know, some of these games, we got to look at them in a little bit different way than just who the two different opponents were and what those logos have been for the last 20 years. Just a couple more minutes with Cole Kublik. Follow him on Twitter at Cole Kublik. Cole, how does it match up with Arkansas, South Carolina? Really, really interesting game. Uh, I, I think I'm probably, I mean, Florida, Kentucky is going to be great. You know, Bama, Texas is cool to talk about. I don't think that's going to be a competitive game. I think this game could be the most intriguing game of the weekend. Uh, just because there are so many different things that can happen, could happen, so many different directions that both sides of the ball for both teams could go. Um, I was a little let down. You brought up that South Carolina offensive line. I was a little let down by the defensive line. However, it is a very complicated run scheme that Trent McKnight's got going there in Atlanta with Georgia State and what they do. I mean, it is like half veer, half triple option, half West Coast. Like, it is a really cool scheme that they run. So, I'm not saying that I think that there was a massive letdown by that Carolina defensive line, but I kind of thought that's the group that maybe the entire team would sort of hang their hats on. Um, You know, now I don't know if you deal with a a defensive line that's going to give you as much but, you, you, you know, you're looking at what this Arkansas team can do. They're going to go a little bit of tempo. They're going to move guys around. There's going to be a lot of motions. They're going to get things on the edge, on the perimeter. And they got a good run game that can come right at you. So, you know, Kendall Bryce does a good job of finding different ways to attack you and creating that space. 
Um, you know, when South Carolina has the ball, it all depends on how Barry Odom wants to play them. And I think it'll be interesting to see because he'll probably give them some looks that they should have success running the football in. So if he plays three down or he plays four or five in the box, they've got to be able to, Gamecock's got to be able to move the ball on the ground if that's the case and that were to happen. But I think Shane Beamer and his staff, I think they saved a lot. I really do. Uh, you didn't see Jaheim Bell move around a ton. You didn't see him do a lot of different things with him. Uh, I think formationally, and from a personnel perspective, you'll get a lot more in this game from South Carolina than you got last week. I don't think it was a very complicated plan. And if the special teams show up, obviously that's going to be a big bump. They've got to get K.J. Jefferson to the ground. You cannot let him get going as a runner and break you down that way and hurt you that way because of everything else that it opens up. You'll get pop passes on the perimeter. You'll get option plays where he keeps the football. Then you'll get some play action shots down the field. And I'll say this about Rattler missing a couple of throws. If there is a spot that Arkansas is suspect, it's the back end in coverage. Because Cincinnati left about 150 yards on the field with throws that were either overthrown, underthrown, or the receivers couldn't find a way to haul the passes in. So those they were there for the taking. And we'll see if uh, Spencer Rattler and company can capitalize on that aspect of that defense. You know, I, I agree with that, Cole, that we probably didn't see the full extent of the playbook. And that's the thing I've been the most anxious or excited to see this year because I think about Marcus Satterfield, second-year offense coordinator at South Carolina, the way he had to piecemeal the, the playbook together each and every week, rotating through four different starting quarterbacks. I mean, it's hard to do much. Now his hands are untied. I, I really want to see what he's able to do, what his potential is as an OC. I'm with you, and I think now with what he has at his disposal, uh, I mean, you, you have you have the best group of receivers they've had in quite some time. They got a solid group of backs. You have the ultimate Swiss Army knife in Jaheim Bell, who I think is the most underrated player in the Southeastern Conference. I mean, kid can play tailback, he can play eights, he can play tight end, he can split him out wide. You can use him a lot of different ways, and he can cause a lot of confusion for defenses as to how you're going to identify him. And as we all know, biggest difference from last year a quarterback that is more than capable. Um, so I, I think you, you have a lot of different ways that you can go and attack an opponent, and that's why I'm like you, anxious to see exactly how they do it, exactly how they want to put it together. But I think this game starts with South Carolina's defense more so than anything. Getting ball carriers to the ground, like I said, good set of backs. It's an underrated offensive line Arkansas brings to the table and a quarterback that can absolutely kill you with his legs. And when he gets those going, it just opens up so many other things. Cole, where are you going to be this weekend? I'll be in Baton Rouge, Southern at LSU. Obviously, Tigers want to bounce back. Uh, first home game for Brian Kelly. You know, night game in, in Tiger Stadium, always tough to beat. So, looking forward to being there for that one. Cole, if you let me get one more question. I noticed the other night I was doing a little research, and correct me if I'm wrong, I know you would know well better than I do. I was looking at LSU's offensive line, again, a group that really, really thought under, I thought underwhelmed the other night. They have two transfers, one from a P5, one from an FCS, and they have a true freshman starting. Is that correct? Have you had an opportunity to look at that? Uh, they did. They only started one transfer. They had a true freshman left tackle, and then you had a transfer from FIU starting at left guard. They do have another transfer on the roster from East Tennessee State that was potentially going to start, but he did not start the game. Cole, that's tough. In the SEC? Yeah, and, and, a, and a center that's starting his first time ever at center a former guard tackle that is playing center for the first time. You saw a couple of bad snaps came with that. So not super surprising. Oh man. 
<laughs> it might get rough down in Baton Rouge. He's Cole Kublik, ESPN SEC Network. Follow him on Twitter at Cole Kublik. Cole, you're the man, brother. I really appreciate everything. Absolutely. Look forward to catching up again soon, Scott. You the man. Appreciate you. It's Cole Kublik. Follow him on Twitter at Cole Kublik. I, I'm watching the LSU offensive line, and I am just flabbergasted at how impotent it was, how ineffective it was. I, and then I started looking, and I'm like, this guy is a transfer. This guy is a transfer. This guy's a true freshman. And everybody knows my thoughts on that. It's like discovering plutonium by accident. If you can find a true freshman who can start on the offensive line, especially at a Power 5 school, let alone the SEC. And I know Florida State is better, but they still shouldn't have manhandled the LSU offensive line like that. Now, the juxtaposition, Florida State offensive line looked pretty good, especially on the interior. I like the way their guards move. Excellent footwork. Excellent footwork. Good pad level. LSU looked terrible. Man, Cole Kublik, that's your guy. You want to learn about the offensive line. More of the Scott Hamilton Show to come.